The Electric Chair. Loving your beer too much. Welcome, everybody. It's another great week here at The Electric Chair. Thank you for listening. I'm Midnight Corey. I'm your host. I talk about horror things, and I talk with horror people. And uh, it's a lot of fun this week. Man, had a great time talking with three fantastic people. Um, Sean Ewart returns to the show, uh, filmmaker, uh, Right Left Turn Productions. And uh, he brings along Mr. Justin Powers, who directed uh, and made, basically, uh, Pot Zombies, uh, 2005, something like that. I think it's 2005. And um, he uh, just completed Pot Zombies 2, More Pot, Less Plot. And it's been going around some festivals and uh, getting some really good um, responses, I guess. So uh, that's really cool. And also with them is Rafael Santiago, who was um, uh, heavily involved in Pod Zombies 2. And again, I'm forgetting exactly what his role was, even though I asked him like two or three times during the interview. Um, I still forget. And of course, I didn't write it down. So... Anyhow, Raphael is really, really cool, and uh, actually, uh, he he's doing some other projects and everything that are really exciting, and I'll be uh, bringing him back, because um, just to warn you, the audio is kind of weird during that interview at times, because we were over Skype, and the three of them were just on one mic uh, over there in Texas, and uh, so, um, you know, oftentimes it's, it's kind of hard to hear some of the people, but it's definitely worth listening to. We had a great time. It was a lot of fun, and like I said, they're fantastic guys, and uh, I was just really honored to be sitting down with all of them and hanging out, talking about uh, Pod Zombies, Pod Zombies 2, uh, you know, we got into Troma and Lloyd Kaufman, and of course, uh, you know, the making of Sacrament with Sean, and uh, yeah, so... <laughs> The discussion went a lot of uh, crazy, weird ways, and it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, that's coming up. Um, also, let's see. I got a reading this week, and this is by another author that was featured on uh, the Burial Day Books website. And uh, this week, I read a tale by Grant Holden Wagner. And it's very Lovecraftian, very, very cool. It's called Cosmic Damnation. So that's this week's Tales from the Electric Chair. So, yeah, that'll be after the interview. And um, can I tell you, uh, first of all, here's some other things. Um, you know, we are on Stitcher, Smart Radio, and I say this stuff every episode, but it's just because it's cool to say. Gives me cred. Stitcher Smart Radio is, uh, you know, an app that you can use to listen to the show on your phone and tablet, and uh, I am most certainly there, so look me up. Um, also, we are a part of the Horror Podcasting Alliance at horrorpodcastingalliance.blogspot.com. And yeah, so definitely go check that out. Um, and what else? Spookshow.tv is a great, great place to go to get some great horror content, and uh, the uh, Electric Chair 2D is, in fact, part of that. So, oh yes. And speaking of the electric chair uh, 2D, uh, the Little Deaths drawing was held in the last episode, and uh, there were two winners who got uh, free copies of Little Deaths by John F.D. Taff. And John was so kind as to personalize those and sign them and ship them out. So they are on their way. So, all right. Thank you all for entering that, and it's a fantastic book. I just encourage everybody to go out and check out Little Deaths. Very, very awesome. Um, let's see. So speaking of giveaways, we're giving away more stuff. I procured uh, three copies of uh, the very first release 
by Vultra Video, and that is Spine. I've talked about this before on the show. Actually, I've been talking about it for weeks uh, because I've been encouraging people to enter, and uh, it's really exciting. I got a lot of entries, got a lot of them. So thank you, everybody who emailed, uh, sent messages through the website, uh, Facebook, Twitter. I uh, got them from everywhere, so uh, this was really great. Thank you to Jason for helping me out with all this. And um, man, so not only will you get Spine, but I'm going to throw some extra goodies in there, uh, courtesy of, of Jason and his generosity, because he uh, threw in a lot of cool stuff just with these videos um, for me to give away on the show. So um, that's what I'm going to do. going to spread the love around, and uh, I just appreciate all of that. So here's what I did. You know, if I'm doing a drawing, on the video show. I use the Hat of Pain, and it's a hat full of pain and full of names that I draw out. And uh, But it's not as effective here on the audio thing, so I'm just going to go real high-tech as I'm talking right now, and I'm on this website called random.org, and it's random.org slash integers. And what you do is you, you just plug in a list of numbers, and you say, I want you to draw this many random numbers from that. So what I've done, I've assigned everybody who entered a number, and I'm plugging it in here to random.org. I'm telling it to draw me three numbers. So uh, the numbers that random.org uh, uh, picks out here are going to be the official winners. And, um, you know, this is uh, uh, really exciting that I'm so high tech. <laughs> It's just a website, actually. Um, so here we go. Um, have everybody numbered. I am ready to hit get numbers. So here goes. Well, how about that? Okay. First winner is Fungus Fungus Hirschbein. Fungus Hirschbein from Facebook. You contacted me on Facebook, so congratulations. You are the first winner of Spine. So let's get the second one here. Da 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 da. Josh Raridan. Josh Raridan, also contacting me on Facebook. And uh, Josh, congratulations. You are the second winner of Spine. And uh, let's see. The final winner here would be Brandon Bennett, another person on Facebook. Facebook was the lucky place to be this time. So Brandon Bennett, uh, you are the winner. So congratulations, everybody. Brandon Bennett, Josh Raridan, and Fungus Hirschbein. Um yeah, that's fantastic. You'll all be uh, hearing from me or, uh, you know, contact me with your shipping address and I'll uh, get you out the good stuff here in the near future. So, yeah, congratulations. I'm really excited. So thanks again to Jason and Vulture Video and Spine and everything like that. Okay, okay, that was a lot. What else do I got going on? Well, if you hear little chatters in the background, that's probably my son who is going to be waking here pretty soon. So we're just going to get, yeah, hear that? Uh, we're just going to be getting to the show here uh, real soon. Um, is there anything else? I don't believe so. I think that's about it. Can I tell you actually um, about a short film? Now, this is cool. Um, I got this um, this two-disc set that was only available, I think, out of the UK because it's like a Region 2. Um, I'm following them on Facebook, and I don't, I can't even tell you who it was uh, off the top of my head. I'd have to go looking for it. But um, the company was selling a new zombie anthology uh, DVD set, so it's tons of zombie short films. I, I think like uh, what, like 16 or something like that. I don't know, um, but lots of them are on there. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's two discs, and I've heard of a lot of them before, so I bought it. Um, you know, just because uh, I don't know. 
<laughs> they hyped it up really good. Um, but uh, anyhow, I, 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 uh, I bought it. It's really great. Uh, I watched the first one. Like I said, I think I've heard of some of these before, and I know I've seen uh, at least one or two of these before. And this one I'm going to talk about. I watched the very first one. And this one I talked about, I um, swore I've seen it before because I recognized the name and I could have sworn I've, I watched it for like the Midnight Podcast or something. But I, upon watching this, I had never seen this before. Or if I did, I totally forgot it. Totally. Uh, because it was like watching it brand new this time. But uh, it's called Zombier. It's from 2008. And um, this is uh, a really a crazy tale. It's basically this guy works in this brewery and he's always drunk, um, which is an issue with his employers, but um, he is, I guess, their best brewmaster or whatever. I mean, he, nobody can make beer like he makes beer. So they got to keep him on staff because he does great work. The problem is he's just drunk all the time and he's just blathering and, and uh, you know, kind of concerning the people taking the tour of the brewery and stuff. So uh, they give him the midnight shift uh, just to kind of keep him out of, you know, having to uh, deal with people. And he's all alone, and the one night he falls into a vat of this beer that he's making, and he comes back as a zombie. And uh, the beer that is brewing in that particular vat, you know, is somehow, you know, being brewed with this zombie stuff in it. So people that brew this beer, or people that drink this beer, rather, uh, will turn into zombies. And that's what we see. We see this guy come back from the dead. He, He crawls out of the vat and just starts biting people. And uh, the beer then, consequently, that is taken out of this vat, is served to uh, people at the brewery, and it's shipped out to bars and whatnot, and, well, uh, people drink it and turn into zombies, and then we just see pure zombie carnage clear through the credits and everything, man. It's awesome. It's actually, (laughs) I love this. Um, And the cool thing is, um, you don't have to just watch it on this DVD. That's not the only place it's available. This, uh, This DVD, by the way, I don't know if I ever said, was called The Ultimate Zombie Feast. Um, so yeah, check it out. Uh, it's great, but, uh, you can watch this video on Vimeo, the full version. It's about 12 minutes long. And, uh, so I'll put that link up, but if you want to go watch Zombier, I think you'll have a good time. (laughs) It's a fun, fun movie, I think. So yeah, nice little short there. And, uh, the directors, uh, this is out of the Netherlands. So I'm absolutely definitely going to pronounce their names wrong, but, uh, yeah. What can you do? Uh, two directors here, Baron de Vugt and uh, Rob van der Velden. So, yeah, great work, guys. Um, check it out, Zombier. So, yeah, I'm going to try and uh, watch each one of these uh, short films and, uh, you know, maybe hopefully talk about them every week. Hopefully uh, I have the time to, to do that. But uh, very exciting, very exciting, Zombier. It's fun. It's fun. Well, another thing that is extremely fun is talking with really cool people, and I get to talk with Sean Ewart, Justin Powers, and Raphael Santiago, and here you go. I don't want him to do anything but drop over! Hey, I'm sitting here with actually three fantastic guys this week. Um, first of all, I want to welcome back to the show, and it's it's just like I talked with you like yesterday, man, because uh, it was really cool. You just on the show here a few weeks ago, but uh, Sean Ewart, Right Left Turn Productions. How you doing, Sean? Good, good. Thanks for coming back on, man. It's uh, you're uh, you're getting to be a regular here, man. So you know, that's all. Awesome. <laughs> oh, the checks in the mail, man. Got the yeah, yeah, yeah. All the all the royalties are flowing in, so you know. Yeah, we would prefer PayPal on that. Uh, can you do that? Uh, I'm still all paper over here, believe it or not. You know. <laughs> Yeah, so you know how it works, but 
No, but uh, but but Sean, actually, you've uh, you've brought along a couple really fantastic guys. I'm really excited uh, to be talking. Um, first of all, could you introduce uh, who we have uh, with us here this time around? Today we have with us Justin Popthumbies Powers, uh, the writer or the director, cinematographer for Pop Zombies, and the most recently finished Pop Zombies Two, and his AD Raphael. Santiago. Rafael Santiago. I knew he had a last name. <laughs> He's an actor in it. We had to have a black guy in the movie so people wouldn't think we were racist. It's funny because uh, before the show, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, I didn't catch your name. And he said, Raphael, like the Ninja Turtle. And so, you know, that was the first image, you know, that I pop into my head every time I think of Raphael now, you know, I was going to think of of the Ninja Turtle. But now you're like, well, we, we had him in the movie because, you know, we needed a black person. So now, you know, I'm just picturing a, you know, a, a black person, black you know, turtle. which, yeah, black, <laughs> black Ninja Turtle, I, I guess, kind of strange. So you have a very, very unique kind of mental image in my head now. And if I, if I ever meet you, it's, it's totally going to be weird for me, I'm sure, at that point. It's probably exactly what you're picturing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, Justin Raphael, thank you for joining us uh, this week too. It's really exciting to talk with you. So it's really cool. So what uh, what's the relationship here? You know, Sean, um, you have worked with Justin before on some what on some shorts or stuff. What how have you worked with Justin before? Justin is having my left arm. Oh, very nice. Um, no, uh, Justin <laughs> and I have worked on quite a few things together, actually. Um, he worked with us on a uh, little Jack's film that we did called Sleepover that never uh, got finished. Uh, but he also worked on Jack's Bad Day. Uh, we worked on Devotion together, uh, which is an Abel Berry, uh, Michelle Stone, uh, Jennifer Stone movie. And worked on a little bit on his movie Hostility Hotel. And, yeah, we worked on quite a bit together. And Sacrament. And Sacrament. He will be our DP on Sacrament. Oh, awesome. So that's uh, that's really exciting. And uh, Justin, man, uh, you know, I was telling you again before the show, um, this isn't the first time we've communicated um, back. I mean, this is like three, four years ago when I was doing the Midnight Podcast. I reviewed Pot Zombies and um, just put it out there. And I never I, I don't think I ever contacted you. You actually contacted me, which is cool. And you're like, man, I, I heard the review. You were very fair about it because I think I, I, I was pretty rough with it. Um, and you're like, I just appreciate that you talked about the movie. And so yeah, thank you for being that cool about it. Cause like I said, I think I was, I think I was pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, trust me, I read words. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was tempted, man, to put you on the spot because, you know, I, I'm like looking up things about pod zombies and especially get on IMDB and you start reading people's reviews of this. And some of them uh, that hate the movie, they're just the things they say about it are just so funny. Um, at least you didn't threaten his life. Oh my god! But I, I, I'd love. I, I just have to bring up the first one. The very first review that comes up is, um, you know, you you have that line in, in the movie early on where it says, you know, we don't condone the use of marijuana, and so um, they use that line, and 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 then they go on to say, well, apparently they don't condone they don't condone the use of tripods. Or yeah. they don't, you know, and they just go off to kind of like rip you up about, you know, different aspects right. and technical things. And I just well, get I a laugh out of it. I really didn't like tripods at the time. <laughs> now I've shot a lot more films and 
and uh, yeah, we don't I, leave I, it I actually use tripod out sometimes. Yeah, we don't leave it out tripod. I did used to make fun of people that use tripods back there. Yeah. <laughs> now I just watched it again though yesterday. In in preparation, I'm like, I got to be able to, you know, at least remember this because I didn't remember a whole lot. It's been like three or four years, like I said. And, uh, dude, I really I enjoyed it this time, man. I was entertained from beginning to end. And I'm like, you know, now if, if, upon watching it again, I, I get it all of a sudden. You know, I really I get what state of mind people, man. Like, I guess it depends on what you go in, go in thinking that you want it to, that you think it is. So if you go in knowing how, what it is, then it's probably easier to, to relax and, you know, see the silliness and, and the jokes and everything. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think what's interesting is there's a, a, a big rumor going around there. And you actually um, addressed this in your email to me because I think I brought it up in my original review. Because everyone seems to be saying that, that pod zombies cost ten grand to make. Yeah. And that's not they, the they, case. They, 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 they had that on IMDb, but and I don't know why. But uh, I it probably maybe really cost like nine hundred dollars. So it really just cost like I, was, I went to the Mexican Mart and bought some fake guts and some Halloween makeup, and then of course our prop weed. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, and we got a credit card that we never paid off to get by the camera. And uh, we got two credit cards, bought a camera and a shotgun mic. And then I think my brother ended up filing bankruptcy later. So I don't I, think I don't think he paid that. <laughs> don't tell Capital One. Oh, no, no, no. You got to keep the camera and the, the mic, right? Yeah. Right. But like uh, actually right after I shot it, after it came out on Troma, I decided I was going to make the second one. So I had my friend write the second script. I just told him. To make it a hundred times crazier, they like have a little more structure in it. Like it was like, be like pot zombies meets slacker. Like there's structure, but there's still not a plot. <laughs> and uh, then I started shooting it, and I ran this punk venue in downtown Dallas called the Red Blood Club, and uh, it got broken into, and my camera got stolen, and it had uh, my tapes from the movie were in the camera and in the camera bag. Oh, so my, so the first three scenes I shot the Pod Zombies two got stolen. So I just stopped shooting it. That was like five years ago, probably. And so I'm glad we didn't finish it then, because now it, you know it's better than it would have been if I would have done it five years ago. Yeah, and that's really exciting, man. Uh, Pod Zombies two, you just premiered what, like last week? And um, yeah, like Saturday or yeah, Saturday. Yeah, yeah. How'd that go? It went really, really well. There was a lot of people, and I was afraid that, you know, I maybe have the first 20 minutes, and then they dwindle out, but everybody pretty much stayed the entire time and laughed their asses off. Awesome. Awesome. You won You won some awards. I saw you had up on Facebook. Yeah. We ended up winning Best Feature. I don't know how many features were there. We won the Audience Award. You know, we had a lot of people there because we were the, we were the locals. Oh, that's awesome. Well, congratulations on that. And, um, Thank you. I can't wait to see it and, you know, hopefully uh, stay up to date. Of course, you're uh, you're hitting more festivals and things like that. I think, what, you got Atlanta this week? Yeah, this weekend we'll be at ATL. Yeah, beautiful. Friday night in McAllen, Texas at the South Texas Horror Convention. It's playing there. And uh, Greg Ingram and Billy Blair, two of the guys that, st- that are actors in the movie, 
they're going to be down there doing a machete panel and, and showing the movie. And then some of the other crew were driving to Atlanta Friday night to be at a screening there on Saturday. I think it's like a hip-hop screening, actually. Uh, all the sponsors are hip-hop things, so it'll be an interesting screening. Wow, yeah. Well, that's really cool, and uh, I'm glad to hear it, and I can't wait. You know, of course, you know, I hope we can uh, you know, keep in touch about uh, you know, how we'll be able to watch it here eventually, you know, going to DVD or however, um, because, uh, of course, the first Pod Zombies, that was a, a trauma thing. Now, was that, that was obviously a tr- kind of trauma from the beginning, because, of course, Lloyd was in it. And yeah. and so how did how did you kind of hook up with trauma? Well, it's obviously very influenced by trauma, and mm. uh, I did a film festival, like a little film festival called Fringe Media in two thousand. And I flew in Lloyd to be the guest of honor. We showed we screened one of his movies, and uh, then I kept in touch with him a little bit. And then a couple years later, I finally finished Pod Zombies. And I, or I was about, I saw he was about to, we were start shooting it, and he was about to be in Dallas for a book signing. So I emailed him and asked him if I could get him for a couple of hours to be in Pod Zombies. So he ended up being in it. So then I finally finished it later, and he was at the screening at our premiere. So I gave him his copy, and when he got back to New York, he wrote me. He was like, hey, I watched the movie on the airplane on the way back. It's really cool. It's like, you want us to put it out? Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. I love Troma. I love Lloyd. And uh, it, it was just really cool to see that. And uh, again, I don't know what I was thinking the first time I watched it because I saw it had the Troma label on it. I saw Lloyd, you know, of course, he does the, the intro on the DVD and he's in the movie. So it's like, I know Troma. I know what they do. And why I didn't get it fully the first time, I, I don't know. But this time I loved it. And, uh, yeah, it was just I, I encourage everyone. I mean, you can you can get online, you can watch it on uh, like Hulu and YouTube right now for free, um, right. which is really cool. But quality Hulu, yeah, and it's free. Yeah, but you know, I saw, the first time I saw it, I actually I, I bought the DVD. I have it, and um, the DVD is worth picking up because of things like you know Lloyd's intro, um, the different extras you have on there. You kind of have the the drinking slash smoking game going on and uh, things like that. And it's just fun, cool little extras that you don't get to see on, on Hulu or anything. So yeah, it's uh, that's really cool. But uh, little beers, little joints appear on the screen. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So that's, I I just wish, you know, I, I don't, I don't party nearly like I used to back when I was in college and stuff. And I just wish that you would have done this like a decade earlier, man. Because if I would have seen this like 10 years earlier, I would have been in my prime, dude. And I would have taken advantage of all the stuff going on. And you know what I mean? And uh, so, but now I, I, I can sit back and enjoy it and just know, you know, I, I get it. I know, I know what's going on. I, I was there at, at a point in my life. And that's, uh, well, that's one, of, one of my favorite reviews was I read and said, I know you're supposed to be high when, when you, when you watch the movie. I don't think you're supposed to be high when you're fucking making the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that is a very, very point on review. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Of that. Yeah. So what's been what's been the worst? I mean, absolute worst review you got for it. I mean, is there anything out there that just stands out as being the one? 
that just completely it, it just annihilated the thing and stands out to you or, or is it just I can't even remember all of them. A lot of people actually have reviewed it over the years. The worst one wasn't really review. It was just a thread on MySpace saying that <laughs> that uh, I waste an hour of his life. And he lives in Oklahoma, but he comes to Dallas a lot. He wanted to know where I lived. Oh, my God. <laughs> Amazing. Pretty funny. I've seen but so I much worse. Like, right. Well, there's some good reviews where uh, they're like, like this movie, it, you know, this is cheap. It's bad. It looks like a bunch of punk rockers got drunk and tried to make a zombie movie. I'm like, wow, pretty, you're pretty observant. <laughs> Not too far from the truth, right? But really trying to fool them. <laughs> no, but it, it's fun, and everyone listening out there, you got to give it a shot and just know what you're in for, and that's it. It's all about context and just knowing what it is. Getting the sarcasm, it's great. With Pod Zombies 2, I tried to make it kind of what I wish that would have been at the time. But, uh, you know, I, did, I had no experience actually making a movie at the time. So mm. with the second one where I was like, okay, we're going to make what what we wish Pod Zombies would have been to begin with. Awesome. Awesome. Now, Raphael, um, you know, you're, you're, you were heavily involved in, in Pod Zombies 2. Um, of course, you know, like they said, you know, AD casting director and uh, you you have a, a role in it as well. Um, what did did you have anything to do with the original pod zombies or are you just coming on now? No, I just came on, just came on board on this one. Oh, cool. Cool. So what? Uh, tell me about yeah, it, man. You said you saw the first one, right? What's that? You, you said you saw the first one, right? Can you hear me? No, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. I can't hear you. Like, actually, we we just met Raphael to get like we we uh we both had an office at the same studio up here in Dallas, and so that's how I got to know him. And then we started making this movie. A lot of people wanted to, like came on this movie pretty easy for some reason. Like as soon as I started putting it together, yeah. I was making other films. We were talking about it. Me and my friend Abel, who was doing did all the post on all the digital effects and editing. And uh, as soon as we decided we were going to go in and make this our next film, it came together pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Like, ever, people were really wanting to be involved in it for some reason. I didn't know why. Nice, nice. But like, hey, like, even actors, like, saw the casting calls, and they were like, were like, hey, I just watched the first one. I have to be in this one. And I was like, wow, really? <laughs> I was hoping <laughs> other actors would watch it. <laughs> I'm just going, this one will be better. This one will be better. But like, I don't care. That was great. I was like, okay. I could see the so, attraction in, in being part of this because the first one was just like a free-for-all, like insanity. Just like right. anything goes. I mean, literally anything goes, you know. You know, you got, of course, pot throughout the entire movie. You got a lot of, of boobs and, and things going on. You got the lesbians making out. You got the, the whole the whole naked guy at the end. Um which is you know that the naked guy at the end yeah well we open up with him at the beginning nice. we, like, like, like the, the opening scene before the credits is showing how he became the naked green zombie i love it <laughs> and we, open, we open up with full frontal male yeah, nudity frontal all right all right i would have it no other way that's beautiful <laughs> man Man, so uh, I'm, I'm just really looking forward to it. So, uh, 
so Raphael, what was it like making uh, making Pod Zombies two with these guys? And um, so what was how much vision did you bring into this? Because obviously, you know, Justin, you know, has a, a, his vision for it and stuff. And so, what was the making of this like? It was actually very exciting. And of course, you know, we had our day, so we had to like recast a lot, like three times in one day, one time. Flaky actors, flaky actresses, uh, uppity actresses. You know, <laughs> uh, that was very fun. Um, uh, but yeah, overall, man, we had a great time. I would like to say we had people begging us to be in the film. Like, we had no problem with the casting outside of the flakes that we had. It was really wonderful, great. But there was one experience I'd like to share with you. We have a friend at a biker's bar. <laughs> and uh, and I'm Puerto Rican. Uh, I was kind of frightened for a little bit, but it worked. I'd be okay, you know. That <laughs> <laughs> was all right after we got through the shoot. He did right. look a little scared. Yeah, I was a little kind of frightened. Yeah. <laughs> Also, the people that came on board that I just met, like that got a hold of me, that were crew members that were just saying, Hey, this sounds real cool. I want to, you know, I want to get into film. If I could be on the crew in any way, let me know. So I met a few people that way, and they're all super, super cool. And I thought, like, I guess if you're really wanting, if you're a volunteer, you want to be involved in a movie like that, then you're probably pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, at the end, like, like everybody that I didn't know before, they were so super cool. And I thought, yeah, I guess they were. They didn't know that they were coming here to be in something like this. So they must not be the kind of people that I know. I don't know how to explain it. Well, did you did you get people showing up to the set though, and and just saying, all right, well, where's the weed at? Like, like expecting that it's going to be a big, big kind of smoke fest, and just yeah, like well, showing up. Yeah, like this- Depends on what day they were there. <laughs> <laughs> only, only a few people were out. And, and some of the people, it's pretty funny, like a couple of the actresses, like actually way more than I expected, came to set and they they were in the in the movie, they're smoking pot. And one girl actually asked me, what like, what is a bowl? And I was like, it's a pie, but you smoke pie. Like, we had to teach them how to smoke pot. Like, with all the smoke in it, and this is, one is actually digital, that we acted like, like you know, they didn't even know how to act like they were smoking. <laughs> wow. Like they had never done it in their life. Yeah, that was hilarious. I thought that was. I have a good story from the first one. There was a girl. She came to do the. the she was uh, the blonde chick that wakes up with the dude in bed and she goes to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, well, she hadn't smoked pot in like ten years. Before she came that day, I met her. I was work- I helped another guy with another movie. I met her, got her on this movie, and uh, so I was. I told her how to do it, but it was loaded, and it, it was actually well, they, there was real weed on set, and uh, she. So I was telling her how to do it. So then she went in the bathroom and was practicing in front of the mirror, and she was really smoking it while she's practicing, but oh, she hadn't man. smoked it in years, and so the, and then so then we started shooting. And then she was smoking it, and I would just start laughing because she was high. So I would laugh, and she would laugh, and we had to do it again. <laughs> we did it like 10 takes, and we were just laughing and falling. We got through it. But at the end, that girl had to sit there and drink water. She, like, she was like, she lived like a, a far suburb of Dallas. She's like 45 minute drive ahead of her. She was so high. She completely cleared out the the catering table and everything. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> no pizza left at the end of that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was weird. They had no idea how to. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> Some of the stuff that cracked me up in the beginning was people would come in to read for, for Justin and they would get into the script and say, I don't think I can do this. Yeah, we had a couple of people. Well, actually, I cast hmm. some people and then a week late, we did a day of auditions and I cast like half the people through those and then a week later, I was like, you know, this is why we're shooting it. So, because there's some scenes in there that, you know, like, I probably wouldn't do it as an actor. But I'm not, I'm not an actor. <laughs> so I would just let them know, you know, this is what, we're not changing this. You have to actually do this and wear this. And, <laughs> and so then, like, a couple days later goes by, and I get an email or a Facebook message or something. It's like, hey, you know. I don't think I'm really going to be able to do that. I'm not really comfortable with that. I, I'm afraid, like, what if my kids see that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, well, if, if you're questioning that, then please don't come and play. <laughs> yeah, some girl showed up for a lesbian scene, and then she wasn't comfortable with it once she got there. That sucked. Interesting. Hmm. Man. But in in the original, uh, in, in, in Pot Zombies, though, the lesbian, I mean, they were they were lesbians. Were or were they just actresses that did a lesbian scene, or were, or were they actually? Yeah. No, they like they were friends of mine, and one of them, I like, I guess both of them were bisexual, I guess, and one of them actually, I don't know if she was bisexual. She was doing porn at the time. She worked for some porn punk porn place. Oh, she's working for some. She did porn, and so I asked her because I figured she'd be comfortable with making out with the girl. And then uh, another friend started dating the other girl. He said, "Hey, my new girlfriend will do it." So, <laughs> well, they looked very natural doing it, and very, you know, that's why they totally <laughs> sold me on it. So I was, uh, you know, figured they were more than just acting, you know, at, uh, right. a lot of it. But uh, no, no, that's uh, that's just a lot of fun. And um, yeah, wow. Any other stories? I mean, I could, man. You know, I could I could only imagine you know making a making a whole movie about pot and about zombies, that um, yeah, you know there's some. That's why we actually did the second one and chose to do it because we'd like, we, it just would it's fun to make. We're like, well, and we we actually set a retarded deadline for us like six months ago. We said we're going to make this movie, so I called Andy and I was like, I said, hey, if I make Pot Zombies two right now, can we premiere it at Bloodbath in November? He said, yes, of course. <laughs> So I said, okay, I can do that easy. And then I started putting it together. I was like, wow, that's actually pretty quick. So we started, you know, we did pre-production, and then uh, we started shooting on July 13th, and then we premiered it October 13th. Wow. Man, Man, did you do the editing on that too, or was that somebody else? I know. uh, Abel did all the editing. I edited it with him, and then he went through and did all the coloring and all the digital effects and stuff Very while nice. he was doing the digital effects and stuff i was in a studio with another friend of mine the guy that uh in the first one he's the guy that got hung by the hooks yeah yeah he has a studio down the street he like he's a music producer and so we were doing all the sound on it while abel was doing the editing on it and this band the aquaholics was doing was doing they, we did had a band it's an instrumental surf band they did an original score for us for all of Pods and Zombies 2. So we were all doing those at the 
same time. And then the day before the premiere, we took all three files and put them together and showed it. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And that's actually brought up something that I, um, I forgot to mention. It's that uh, how much I actually loved the, uh, the soundtrack for Pot Zombies. Uh, you picked yeah, yeah. great songs. And I know I've heard, um, was it uh, 1,000 Corpses Walk the Earth? Um, yeah. That's one that stuck out to me. Who did that song? Uh, it's a band called Die Monster Die. Yeah. Actually, I'm a dumbass uh, for for I, I'm I I know the the drummer. I've talked with the the guitarist and the singer before. Yeah. Yeah. We actually use that song again because people always talk about that song. Mm-hmm. Like actually, there's a local DJ that after he saw that he got that song, and then every time I'm at a party or like at a bar that he's DJing at, that's he all they're always playing that song. It's for like for years. It's the first one he. I can't believe I asked that dumbass question. I'm 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 really close with that band. What are you drinking over there? Um, do you have my camera up? Can you see me? Oh, Sierra Nevada. Yeah, the uh, the Torpedo Extra IPA. So it's uh, you're fancy. I'm drinking Natural Light. You were drinking Natural Light. Hey, that's hey. I don't judge, man. Tall. It's it's all right. Tall the tallest though. <laughs> oh. Well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. On the on the second on the in the second movie, we were shooting a scene that we called the hooker scene. It's like a senator got a hooker and goes to a sleazy hotel room, and uh, well, there was this perfect place we really wanted to use. So we just showed up to go rent a motel room there, and I guess we weren't shady enough for the, to be here. Because they just told us to get out. They said it was full. Yeah, they said it was full. There was about 50 rooms, and there was only one car parked in front of one of them. And their their pool had like a pit bull guarding an empty pool. It was a pretty crazy. I looked up the reviews on Yelp, and the first review said, if you like hookers and crack, you'll love this place. (laughs) And so I thought they would rent to us, but they were like, no way. They saw a camera equipment lights. Yeah. So then oh, we went to wow. another hotel, and they rented to us. But uh, I think the staff saw like a girl. Yeah, wearing, she, was she was in character. She was this black chick with like a, a pink wig on, fishnet stockings. And then we were walking up with camera gear into this room. So I think they thought we were shooting porn. Yeah. So they gave us a call and said, "You have five minutes to get out of there, or we're calling the police." Wow. And we finally had to call around, found a place that said, and we said, we're just going to shoot for a couple hours, or I'm going to stay the night, we'll rent the room. And they were just like, and it's a really shady place also. <laughs> and well, if you pay cash and you pay for two rooms, you can have it till tonight. Mm-hmm. And so we went there. Yeah. And we were trying to get done before it got dark because we were afraid that we were going to get jacked for our equipment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were getting cased out. Like, like, we were totally getting cased out. Like, we were like locking the door, and we were telling one out the room. <laughs> they were like, hey, we're totally cased out. Wow. There, there, there were no curse and crack at that moment. Yeah, there were real. <laughs> <laughs> the other one, the re- Yelp review, I didn't actually see any. Yeah, we didn't see anybody. But this one, I uh, definitely, uh, I didn't need Yelp. No. <laughs> Were there run-ins with the law? I mean, did you have any issues with that on on either well, shoot? We all have warrants, so we were being real careful. <laughs> <laughs> no, we actually didn't. That's, I guess we got pretty lucky on that. Well, like Dallas, you know, there's other crime here. 
Well, that's I'd... why we live in a high crime area of Dallas. Yeah, so a lot of other things to worry about, you know, other than. And I actually got pulled over and I was coming home from the state one day. So that, uh, oh, really? We're going to go to some conventions after, like, uh, uh, Halloween, the weekend before Halloween, whatever that is, 27th, I think. Mm-hmm. We're going to be at Spooky Empire in Florida. Nice. And two of our actors, Billy and Greg, are going to be there signing stuff, and we're promoting Pod Zombies 2 at it. And then in the middle of November, we're going to Chicago for the Days of the Dead up there. Yeah, I want to go there. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I wish I could make that. Yeah. Where are you at? You're in Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania. I'm about nine hours from Chicago. So driving, driving. Of course, I could go out of the. Uh, you know, I'm in Erie. I'm right on the lake. I'm, I'm actually in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania. But uh, if I fly out of the Erie International Airport, you know, um, then I could uh, go across the lake to Detroit, and then down to Chicago from there. And um, they have a, they have a film festival there, though, man. Erie, Erie Horror Film Festival. They just had it this there? past weekend, and it kicked ass. It oh. was uh, a lot of fun. You went to it? Yeah, yeah. I'm. What was good? Um, what did you see? Uh, wow, I saw a lot. Um, there was a movie called... Um, oh, man. I think I can remember. I, I need the sheet here. Um, put me on the spot. I remember uh, the movie that sucked of the entire weekend was one that was made by um, Joe Shelby, who was uh, one of the bikers in Dawn of the Dead. And so oh, yeah. Joe Shelby got together with like Sharon Sakati, um, who was the nurse zombie, like a bunch of, you know, all of these guys who are still living in like the, the Western yeah, Pennsylvania, that. you know, who are in either like Night of the Living Dead or Dawn of the Dead or something. And they're still here. And they made a really, really bad movie um, about this urban legend called The Green Man. And he's supposedly this guy. He was up on this uh, pole, up on this like telephone pole or something, working on wires. And he got shocked and. And then uh, some people think that he he died and is a ghost, and then other people said no, he still haunts the mines of Western Pennsylvania, blah blah blah. And he glows green and you know shocks people and whatever. So he made a whole movie around this, and it was it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. Um, it just completely. I mean, some scenes looked like it was shot on a phone, and you know other scenes it looked like it was shot on like like thirty different cameras. And the audio was terrible. The editing was just like awkward and weird and and not tight at all. So that was the movie of the weekend that sucked. But um, they were in Dawn of the Dead. They they didn't even do a Kickstarter. Apparently, I think one camera. I think they just kind of all got together on the weekends and just kind of shot a bunch of stuff in bars and and up on the hill in Pittsburgh somewhere. And that was really about it. Um, But it was it was kind of sad. You know, to see such, you know, sort of legendary people, you know, involved in a great movie like that to kind of make a piece of shit like that. But um, I'm going to look for it. (laughs) Yeah, the DVD's out. It's called The Green Man. Um, So it's uh, it's interesting to say the least. But no, there were a lot of great shorts. I mean, right before The Green Man, I mean, it really didn't help that movie that they showed this awesome short called The Other Side. And it was a zombie short. And it was... It was like very strange. You were kind of questioning what was going on the whole time because you thought you were questioning survivors being chased by these kind of. Uh, uh, you didn't know exactly what they were. It was almost like I was reminded. I don't. You know, you guys. 
I think, read some comics if you've ever read Crossed. You know, I, I was kind of thinking of, um, you know, maybe I've seen a crossed kind of thing, apocalyptic, and you're seeing kind of very evil oh. kind of things chasing them. But then all of a sudden in the last like minute of this short, it kind of it kind of turns the tables and it reveals really what was going on. And it's really freaky, really creepy and really awesome. Um, so I totally enjoyed that. So they showed that short right before The Green Man. And it's like night and day you know just like oh wow wow but um no they 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 usually the the eerie horror film festival shows some fantastic work um and everything i saw this weekend and again i'm i'm drawing a total blank on on everything and i took a lot of notes and i i had the program here and um i saw one that was about like time shifting and and uh this weird thing it almost reminded me of scanners a little bit that kind of stuff and um Yeah, some fantastic stuff. But yeah, yeah, Erie's great. And I, uh, man, man. Uh, I didn't know when it was. So I was looking for film festivals now. Like I was trying to get the movie done. And now I'm looking to see what film festivals are coming up that I could submit to. But you know, a lot of the horror film festivals, of course, I missed them because it's already October. So. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, uh, there's another uh, kind of round of them that uh, kind of prop up, or crop up here in the spring that, uh, you know, I think. Uh, you can definitely shoot for, and I'm hoping that uh, they might be near to me. You know, I I hit yeah. a lot of the stuff in you know in Erie. I'm I'm very central to like Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Buffalo, so I get to you know go to yeah. those cities pretty regularly and and see a lot of the stuff. So, and uh, but man, if you ever come to Erie, you guys, you know, I'm taking you guys out, and we're gonna have a good time, and I'll, I'll show you this booming metropolis that we all know is Erie, Pennsylvania, and. Uh, so I love the name of it. Yeah, the cool thing about you live there. <laughs> I wish, I wish, unofficially, yes, yes. Um, but uh, no, the, the cool thing about that film festival, though, is it's you know the Eerie Horror Film Festival, but they spell it with two e's at the beginning. Right. You know, so oh, that's on how they spell it in the city. No, Eerie is E R I E, and uh, uh, for the film festival, I really they, thought I've only seen the film festival logo, so <laughs> I really thought it was spelt like that. I was like, man, that's a pretty awesome. I I need to I like some geography. I need. It looks cool. I need to somehow submit something to the to the government. I don't know if it has to be Pennsylvania or what it has to be to uh, you know start a petition or whatever it takes to get the name changed. Yeah, the lake and the city. I mean, I think the entire lake actually should be maybe changed, too. You should talk to Obama. I, I should. I will. I'm going to email. You know what's funny? You know, I'm bringing up this is completely, you know, out of nowhere. But I uh, back while we still had a, a wide field of candidates for our, our presidential election coming up here, I thought it would be fun to just email everybody from my podcast and just say, you know, I'm really concerned about what your policy is about a zombie apocalypse, like what you would do. And it would be great for you to come on my show. You know, it'd be a fun, you know, I tried to say, you know, it'd be a really great yeah. demographic to reach, you know, if you just came on you and we had fun. Would buy it? Uh, nobody responded except now I am uh-huh. spammed by the Mitt Romney uh, people. Oh. Constant. Oh I have, they put me on their email list for, I think, everybody involved in the campaign. And so, like, I get one from, like, Mitt at MittRomney.com, and I'm like, unsubscribe. And then next, I get one from his wife. I'm like, unsubscribe. 
And it's literally Did Romney's wife.com? It, it's it's something something ridiculous. It's um but literally everybody on that campaign has like their own email you know kind of thing going on and I have to unsubscribe from everyone and somebody different sends me an email every single day just because I'm like mid I just think it would be fun to hear about what you would do with a zombie outbreak. And right. So that's that has nothing to do with anything except uh you brought up Obama and uh of course I didn't hear from him either. I actually Barack would be the one I think that I would have the most fun talking with. Um yeah. You know, he did. should have went on his Facebook like page and saw if he. Could he I, I think he checks that all the time. Hmm. <laughs> but I'd love to. Ha- how how weird would that? I mean, it'd just be surreal just talking with Barack Obama about what he would do during a zombie apocalypse. I mean, okay, well, coming back to uh, you know talking about zombies and and why, why didn't you go to the debates last night? You could have spawned that one on. <laughs> I was watching. I was watching The Walking Dead actually um, that I had recorded from Sunday uh, during the debates, almost kind of like in defiance because I'm like, right, you know, not going to watch the debates. I'm going to watch zombies, which is pretty much the same thing, right? You know, but more enjoyable, you know, on on my end. But um, so anyhow, oh man, coming back to what we were originally talking about, um, I've seen actually a lot. It seems like, uh, I don't know, maybe Pot Zombies was one of the first ones. But lately, I've seen a lot of movies coming up, a lot of horror movies and and even zombie movies that have to do with horror and marijuana. Um, So we have Pot Zombies and, of course, Pot Zombies 2. But then um, Charles Band, who I love Charles Band. I love Full Moon. Um, He's put out three movies, um, Evil Bong. You know, um, parts one, two, and three. Um, we have Bong of the Dead that I don't know if you guys are aware of. It's a relatively uh, new zombie film. It's all about, yeah. uh, you know, they they uh, fertilize their uh, their weed. Dude, I saw the trailer. It, it's it's really good, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah. It looked pretty cool in the trailer. It looked good. Yeah, and uh, so. Um, I'm, I mean, what is it? There's a lot of a lot of horror things with with marijuana in it. So, what do you guys? I mean, I mean, I guess Justin, you know, and Raphael, you know, right from the filmmakers themselves, um, and even uh, Sean, I'd I'd love to hear what you think about it. I mean, what the what sort of the attraction is here? What the, maybe the metaphor is here? I mean, are are we saying something about about pot here? Is you know, what is the What's the attraction you're here? Looking, you're probably just looking too deep into it. Yeah, am I? Yeah. yeah. Like I really was just driving around. I wanted to make a movie. I was, I was volunteering on some other local films, trying to you know like learn anything. And then I thought I would make a zombie movie for my first one. And then I also thought to make a no budget movie, it might be funny to make. A, like a stoner comedy as a no budget movie instead of a horror movie like a lot of people do. And that and I was driving around smoking a joint and it just came to me to put the zombie and the weed together. <laughs> there was really no thought and metaphors or it doesn't mean anything. I just thought, cool, I can make a zombie movie and we can get high the whole time. <laughs> That's Dude. really all it came down to. You know what's beautiful about that, Justin, is is that I think there have been so many of us who have been in a similar situation driving around and maybe with, you know, a little smokable and and just thinking, you know, 
it would be great to make like a zombie movie and and you know I know I back in the day man I I know things I got ideas like that and I'm sure there have been a lot of people who thought man that would be awesome but you were the one to actually act upon it and take it upon yourself yeah. to make it. Well, I come up with ideas constantly forever and uh and I'll think they're great for that at that point. And then, you know, the next day maybe I still think it's a good idea or I've forgotten about it or I realize it's stupid. Mm. And then like if I have an idea if I can't get rid of the idea, which was like pod zombies, then I just finally just have to do it because otherwise I will never I will never stop thinking about it. Have you ever so had? That's one how of... I know if I think something's good is if I still think it's a good idea the next day <laughs> yeah. or a week later. If you can actually remember it the next day, you know. Yeah, if I can remember it the next day, yeah. Then you know, <laughs> the most of the time I realize then it was a stupid idea. Yeah, and then sometimes yeah. you just have to do it to get yeah. it out of your head. I don't know, Sean. Is there something deeper here? I mean, look in, man, and it, you know a lot of these pot horror movies. You know, especially you know, I don't, I don't know if you've you've seen Evil Bong and uh, those kind of things. But it's almost like you look at it from like you know you, you step outside of, of things and you look at it and you're like, well, this is kind of saying that you know drugs are bad, smoking weed is going to turn you into a zombie, you know, and that whole thing. You know, it's going to make you stupid and you're never going to do anything in life and, and everything. So is that? kind of what we're seeing here or is it just like justin said man it's it's a it's a good time it's actually a really fun idea and let's just make some fun movies around it or am i too deep i think that a lot of zombie fans are just pockets that's fair and also there's directors that this also that maybe or just think well there's a lot of stoners i can probably sell a lot of dvds right. to them Potheads spend their money and don't think about it. Potheads love True. things that have the word pot on them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, true. True. Uh, it doesn't sell as much as tits, but it still it still can sell. Yeah. And you put both in the movie, so that's... Okay. And more than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do no, put yeah. too much penis in those films, and I should, but... No, for me, I'm... No, I'll tell you what, I'm a, I'm a relative, I mean, relatively conservative kind of uh, film viewer as far as my horror goes. Like, you know, if you're going to put something in there, it better be in there for a reason. You know, otherwise it's just, I, I think it's just stupid and, and sort of, uh, um, you know, just, just in there for the thrill of it. But again, like I got it. The entire movie, Pod Zombies. <laughs> well, no, but I got it this time. I got it with Pod Zombies this time. You know, you had me laughing so much at the whole thing. You know, I, I was even laughing during the lesbian scene because, of course, towards the end of it, it just gets all out ridiculous, and uh, with all the the blood <laughs> and everything spewing out. And then by the end of the movie, you know, you get the whole you know naked guy zombie thing. And then I love during the credits. You know, you're kind of showing some outtakes of that and um it, it just so That's even to yeah, yeah, i love that i love that like like whenever we shot that i went to arkansas and my friend stan we we, when we were growing up he was always the guy that got naked at parties and would dance around <laughs> when bands were playing and so i said hey i'm gonna come up to fort i've already moved to dallas like hey i'm going to fort smith he, he had this party there every year at this park 
that uh, was owned by a beer co- Anheuser Busch, and you could you could have beer at that public park as long as it's an Anheuser Busch product. So it's on the river in Arkansas, this public park. So Stan would get two kegs of Bush, and we'd have this big cookout and have kegs of beer, and all the punk rockers in Arkansas would go there and get wasted. So I was like, hey, we're going to shoot your nude scene there at this public park. <laughs> so after like, we finished off the first keg, we get him naked, and we paint him green down to his knees, and then somebody wrote, fuck me, on his back. And then we had him, I had him walk up that hill like 10 times, and there was a jogging trail on the other side of that hill. And uh, these ladies were jogging, and they look up, and there's this naked guy standing there, painted. <laughs> and that's whenever in the outtake, he comes running back. These ladies were jo- running behind him on a trail and saw him and screamed. <laughs> so he started running back to the tree, and I was like, go run after him. Because that's what I was thinking of, you know, the whole pot thing aside, you know, if you had any legal trouble with anything, you know, throughout the whole shooting process, you know, that that could, you know, almost um, be something of concern there. And uh, you look at the background uh, when that in the outtake, you can see some other people that were at the party and they're standing there behind like 10 or 20 feet away. Some of them are holding their kids. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, like that. Yeah. Like, that was like total jackass to him. You know, something that they would do on jackass, you know. Yeah. Except the guy would be a midget, I think. You know, and they would, yeah. You know. This has been a lot of fun. What else do we have yeah. to talk about? Oh, man. Wow. What have you guys been watching? I mean, horror wise, you know, of course, we're all horror fans here. And Sean, I know, you know, man. What? You know, dude, uh, you know, anything, you know, Sean, Justin, Raphael, anything uh, horror-wise. I have not, but Sean, I do have to thank you for your generosity and, and what you did send me. Um, it was, I was blown away when I opened the box, and uh, so I, I, I have some copies of that actually to give away, which I will be doing soon. But uh, a whole lot of other, other uh, goodies going on right now um, that you sent my way that uh, people are going to be, I think, pleasantly surprised with. But uh, I have not. I've got, of course I haven't. I've, um, I'm behind in, like, everything in my life, including this. Except um, Walking Dead. Except, all right, all right, yeah, yeah. What about Breaking Bad? Where are you at on Breaking Bad? I'm right still now? in, like, season two. Of Breaking Bad. Yeah, I am too. I'm on the I'm at the end of season two. Yeah. I just recently got Netflix because I was able to get a we actually got a PlayStation. Only so I can get Netflix. It's the only reason. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so I want to see this new movie, the what's the ABC's of Death movie coming out? I haven't heard, heard of about that. It. No, I haven't. Really, really want to see that. And I, I think it's about to be released. I think it's on video on demand. I think I saw that on Facebook. They took like 26 directors and uh, they gave each of them a letter and they had to make a short film and, you know, it's one word with that letter. And like they got 26 like big up and coming filmmakers like Jason Eisner, the guy did Hobo with a Shotgun, Tom Six, the guy that did a, uh, yeah, you must have, the guy that did a, what's the the Serbian film, Hmm. him. They got like people that done all these crazy fucking movies and gave them a letter of the alphabet and they had to do a three minute short film and it's uh, 
you know, each title is whatever letter they, they got. So it's 26 three-minute short films. It's like awesome. 26 years. And uh, I saw one clip. I saw one of the films. It's online. So one of them did a claymation thing, and it's really crazy. They told them to, like, go all out as crazy and offensive as you can, and they gave it to those guys. So <laughs> Nice. I'm pretty excited to see what, see what any of those guys do. Yeah. Did you watch a Serbian film? No, I'm taking my time with that. There, there are actually two movies that I'm really taking my time. I, I think I just really have to work myself up to seeing them, and it's a Serbian film. And Dirty Dancing? Dirty it, Dancing? Yeah. It's, it is pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, I've heard. I, would, I just wouldn't watch it if I were you. Um, Antichrist is another one. Um, oh. You know, those two, I've heard you, you, you really, really have to know what you're in for. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm not a guy that's offended by much at all. I mean, I'm just not offended. It's just I have tastes in what I want to see and what I don't want to see. And, you know, I don't get mad at, at whatever. It's just like, yeah, okay, that's cool. Okay, you know, I don't want to see that, so I'm just not going to watch it. And so I don't I don't judge. I just, you know, say I don't want to watch it. And It won't offend you. It's not that bad. Yeah. It's a very good movie. I like that movie. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's the guy who made the Yeah, I know. That, I get that. Like, like that movie was made really well. It's written really good. Like, it's good. Hmm. And it just had it just had some segments that were way long that just were pretty intense. So a lot of people probably can't handle. But yeah. friend of ours, other than that, our friend uh, Joe Garcia that runs Fast Custom Shirts, he uh, has put out a shirt that says, "I like the Serbian film. Fuck you and your baby." <laughs> <laughs> wow wow yeah yeah i mean i don't know a lot of people again just a lot of people take you know i don't know it, it's not a personal thing and again i'm not, I'm not judging a certain filmmaker or a certain movie uh because of the content because of anything that goes on during it again it's it's uh totally in what i enjoy watching and what i have a good time in in seeing and a lot of that Actually, ever since I've become a father, um, and I don't know if any of you guys are, you know, you have kids or anything or, or whatever. I have a 15 year old. What's that? My son's 15. Seriously? He was actually, ah. he was actually, I think, I don't know how old he was then. He's in, he's one of the zombies at the last of Pot Zombies 1. No. Nice. The like little kid zombie. He was like 10 years old or nine. Like he wasn't naked and didn't have fucked me on the back. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, dude. I do like thinking about like how the little kid zombie became the pod zombie. Like mm. he's taking bong hits, playing PlayStation. Like what was that yeah. little kid doing? Yeah, watching SpongeBob getting high like you should. That's interesting, and that's really cool. You put him in the movie because uh, you know I have a son as well, but he, he's only two at this point, so. I have a while to to work him in as far as being a zombie. Like this Halloween, I got voted down, you know, to make him a zombie because I really wanted to. And so he's a cutesy little pumpkin thing or whatever. But, uh, um, well, Justin, I mean, you know, having a kid, becoming a father, you know, you're obviously, you know, a horror guy and you you like a lot of horror movies. Um, Did your perspective change, you know, even, you know, not necessarily take a huge turn, but... Just like your your whole maybe thinking changed once you had a, a child, 
Um, as far as like um, seeing any kind of uh, children in horror movies, you know, things done to babies or anything like that. I mean, were you affected differently becoming a father as opposed to when you were pretty much on your own or whatever? Yeah, well, movies aren't real, so yeah. it doesn't really affect me. Hmm. I found myself especially sensitive to, uh, you know, and, and and sensitive as far as, you know, it just, I didn't want to watch it. And, and again, I wasn't offended and I didn't hate movies and, and bash on them or anything. But I just found it a little more unpleasant to see scenes uh, when I was a new father, you know, when my, you know, I, I was still getting up at all hours of the night, you know, to, to take care of my kid. Um, it was a little different for me to see things, you know, it, 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 things done to kids and things done to babies. I guess if you think about it, you know, like whenever, like, like whenever you, like on Pet Cemetery, whenever a little gauge gets killed, even in the theater when I was a teenager and I saw it when it came out, I still hated that scene because you don't like seeing a kid get killed. Yeah. No, and I think that that's one of the rules in horror, you know, for the most part, it doesn't get broken. You don't like to see kids get killed. You don't like to see animals get killed. I, mean, I don't like seeing it, but I would do it in a movie just to make people feel that way. Yeah. And but like whenever uh, my son was a newborn, uh, I was married at the time. I had my ex-wife. We had watched the uh, train spotting and just came out. Beautiful. And that really fucked her up because they had the, the, the dead baby. Oh, I'm sure. Movie? I love yeah. that movie. Yeah. The baby dies. And, uh, Man, she hated train spotting. <laughs> like she freaked the fuck out about it. I was like, it doesn't even really look real. She freaked out. Like, you know, she just gave birth to a baby like two months prior or whatever. I yeah. guess that's what did it to her. But I was like, come on. Yeah. You know, get over it. So I left her because of that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, it, it's so interesting though in that 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 first stage after you know the birth. And there's a certain period of months where you're just running through all these crazy kind of things going on and things affect you differently. Because now, you know, it, like I said, my son's almost two and now I'm just kind of back to where I was yeah. back you before he was born. Watching little kids die now anymore. Yeah, kill the kid. I mean, come on, kill the kid. You know, come on, you know. And that's, uh, but Sean, we, yeah, exactly, exactly. And now he's, he's ripping up the house. He's destroyed, he, he's destroyed my laptop. You know, so now I'm kind of back to okay, he's a person now, and yeah, he's he's gonna do kind of big person things. Um, but uh, you know, Sean, actually, I think one of the first times I talked to you, the first time about Sacrament, is you're incorporating kids into the film, which is great. I love seeing kids in in really brutal horror films and really real horror films, which I think you're you're making with Sacrament. Um, so uh, I don't know if I'm, you know, kind of trying to get anything out of you that you don't want to reveal yet. But uh, are you planning on killing any of these little ones? Uh, one of the things I'm just glad you said killing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that people reacted to the most was uh, in the trailer was the kids eating out of the the body cavity, um, and I. I'm glad that people have that reaction to it. Um, I, I don't know that we'll kill any kids, uh, but they depends on how they act on set. Though. On yeah, that may change. Their parents are around. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, that that's all right, and hopefully, it's not giving you that information. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Obviously, that's 
it's yet to be seen. So, by the way he looks now, I think they kill a dozen kids. Yeah. Cool. He's looking at my. I, I, I heard that. I think they kill a busload of nuns and orphans. Well. In one token Puerto Rican. That's all right. Yes. But as long as it's not an animal, don't hurt an animal by all means. No. See, you know what? For me, that that is what it's easier for me to watch something happen to a kid than it is for me to watch something happen to an animal. I love watching cats get their heads ripped off. I hate cats (laughs) so bad. I would. I've actually never seen it, but I would love to watch it. See, that is that is the reason I hated Animal Holocaust. Oh yeah. There's no cats in that. Not cats. Oh. But it was the animal deaths in the movie that I have a problem. Yeah, but if they were cats, would you care? Maybe if they were cats. I'm a vegetarian. For 21 years, I still would love to watch cats get murdered. (laughs) Justin doesn't love animals. He's afraid of vegetables. (laughs) That's so amazing, though. We can watch people, you know, get ripped apart and kids even get killed, but it's tough to see an animal, even if it's a fake animal death, you know, and you're talking about cannibal Holocaust and a lot of those things are real, um, you know, seeing the animals die. And even in uh, which part of uh, Friday the 13th, was it the first Friday the 13th where they killed that snake? Um, in the second one. But... Uh, it's weird to see that that's uh, that's kind of harder to take on screen, you know, visually, to see that kind of thing. Um, well, it's real, and they yeah. can't actually kill kids, really. Otherwise, they would probably not not legally. No, no. Yeah, or the other cabin for them. Yeah, yeah. That's why you get them from the orphanage. Yeah. There you go. Well, that's why you know I, I was talking with a, a friend years ago, and um, I had just hit a deer with my car. You know, and uh, it's You're one of. Say you just hit a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the story would be a whole lot more interesting if it were a kid, um, <laughs> because uh, you know I'm I'm here in Western Pennsylvania, and of course, you know, if you're driving, you know, during you know the the whole deer season, you know, pretty much you know fall and winter before hunting begins, uh, you're pretty much going to have a deer hop out in front of you. You're you're going to have to swerve to miss it, and you you've probably hit a deer at one point in your life just living here. Um, but I had just hit a deer the night before, and so my car was in the shop, and so I went to work the next day, and I was telling my buddy there about it. And he said, well, were you sure that the deer was dead? And I'm like, I didn't care at that point. I was actually checking out my car and just making sure I could still drive home at that point, you know. And he's like, well, man, you really got to make sure that deer's dead because the, the one time I hit a deer... And I went out and I looked at it, and the poor thing was still alive. It was still twitching on the road. And so I got the tire iron out, and I went up to the deer, and I belted him in the head with it, and I killed him. And I put him out of his misery. And I'm like, dude, are you serious? Like, you could actually do that? And he's like, yeah, well, yeah, it was okay. I mean, he was, he was pretty much dead already. I just finished it. And I'm thinking, I could never do that. Like Justin could only do that to a cat. Yeah. <laughs> just cats. Yeah, but just think about that story now, but just substitute a a, a small child. Um, right. You know, in that, and it's it's a lot more fun actually. I had a deer in Arkansas before, and well, actually, it hit us. It ran. I was like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, the deer. 
you know, we hit it and it went off in the ditch. We got out to look at it, but we were actually had been drinking. We're out in the middle of the country, and uh, but it was still alive. So we drove home. We didn't really want to talk to any police. So we drove home real fast. We actually just called the game people and said, hey, we just drove by on this street, and there's a deer over there we saw in a ditch that's hurt. You should go check it out. <laughs> Man. Such civic-minded youths. Yes. <laughs> oh. Have you seen Louis C.K.'s bit on deer? Oh, I've seen a lot of his stuff, but a, a, a deer thing is not coming to mind. You would remember it if you saw it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he hates deer. I think he lives in Pennsylvania or something. Oh, really? He lives in some, nor- he lives in some northern state that has a lot of deer. And you said you guys have a lot of deer, so oh. I'm thinking it might, it might be. be it might be. There's a chance. It seems like it is Pennsylvania. Hmm. So you have Texas, and then you have California, and then you have everything else. <laughs> I had to try to uh, hook up with him here, see if he'll uh, come on the show and talk with me about deer. Uh, yeah, yeah, you should. About the zombie apocalypse. Oh yeah. Or about or about deer. He's pretty got a pretty good he's got some good jokes about deer. Oh man. He said he hates deer so much that he would gladly give he would gladly suck ten bleeding dicks in an alley just to get AIDS so he could fuck the deer and give it AIDS and kill it. That's how much he hates deer. That's pretty strong. You'd have to really hate deer for that. Wow. I feel that way about Renaissance Fair people. <laughs> <laughs> and Trekkies. Oh, man. Hmm. Wow. Justin doesn't really like people. I do, too. <laughs> Except for like, those two kinds of people and Republicans. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not in any of those three groups. And uh, so I'm still on solid footing with, with Justin. That's... Uh... That's good. You live in Erie. I like everybody in Erie because it sounds cool. <laughs> it's creepy here. It is really creepy here. You guys have witches there, right? Oh yeah. Oh dude. Yeah, we have a lot of actually paranormal kind of of, of stuff going on, and um, the whole Erie Paranormal Society, whatever it's called. I, I don't know if that's it, but that's a big thing up here. There are a lot of haunted, you know, things going on. A lot of cemeteries and these underground tunnels and stuff going on. It, it's it's really cool. Tunnels. Yeah, yeah, they're um, under the old train station. Um, it's it's actually apparently a you know a big thing. Um, a lot of paranormal investigations going on under there. A lot of things that haven't been explored. A lot of cameras haven't gone down there, and um, it's 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 pretty weird. So it's uh, a lot of old movies. Yeah, that'll mm. be for you, Sean. Oh yeah, I totally want to make a movie up here. You know, in some regard, if it's not the paranormal thing. Um, I would love to make a movie and I, I, I think I've said this like 10,000 times on the podcast. So I apologize to the listeners that I'm saying this again, but, um, you know, being on the lake here, something that I'd love in zombie movies is, uh, when zombies are coming up out of the water, it, it you know, yeah. it just really creeps me out. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, if you guys have seen like shock waves, you know, from 77, the, you know, Nazi zombie Peter Cushion thing. Um, it's, uh. Just really cool, and Land of the Dead does it really well. You know, when the zombies are rising up out of the, out of the river, um, it's you see just zombie lake. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw zombie you lake. Like it? Uh, I quoted for a long time. I think it was the worst movie ever made. 
Yeah, well, I won't give it that. But I do love Nazi zombies because you know you. Fun to fantasize about killing Nazis. Yeah, and it's fun to, to to fantasize about killing zombies. So when you put them together, then like there's no moral issues, nothing. Right. There's Nazis and there's zombies. Fuck them. Pretty much the two most evil things that you could think of yeah. in existence together as one. And yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah, but that movie. Uh, I have a lot to say about that movie. That is, I think, beyond the scope of. Of uh, where we are tonight, and uh, I could. <sighs> but Roland, Jean Pierre Roland did a lot of better movies than Zombie Lake. That uh, you know, I got. I actually bought it at a pawn shop in Arkansas. When I lived there. And I watched it once. I can't believe how bored I was. Like <laughs> yeah. really, there's Nazi zombies coming out of lakes. And I'm still bored. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, the first scene, you know, kind of gets your attention. It's basically, you know, the the naked girl swimming in the lake. Yeah. And you're like, oh, naked girl in the lake, we're opening with this, so this movie's going to be worth watching. But uh, then you quickly realize it's really not that worth watching. Uh, it's, it, yeah, pretty I'll rough. Be like, I'm the problem. Every time I've mentioned this movie to people, no one's seen it. Oh, they say they remember the box. <laughs> oh, the cover the kicks box. ass. <laughs> what the cover is the best thing about the movie oh yeah 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 it was like i saw i remember the cover when i was a kid or whatever oh yeah i have um a, a, a really close friend and he actually he he's one of the original zombie podcasters from years and years and years ago um but he hates zombie lake the movie but he loves the cover so much he has a tattoo of it on his arm and wow uh, oh yeah yeah the cover is good yeah. But I don't know. After I've seen it, I don't know if I'd get it tattooed on me forever. Yeah, well, you know, it's coming from that, that day and age whenever, you know, movie cover uh, artwork was actually had, you know, it had nothing to do with the actual movie. It was just really, really cool. They You got the right. possible, you know, the, the coolest possible artwork they could to put on yeah. there, even if it, had, you know, had nothing to do with the movie. Um, so, I mean, that was it. And that's, that's like what's that put like really hot half naked girls on the cover and then they're not even in the movie. Yeah. Well, it sucks. Why do they do that to us, man? It's all about you and me. I mean, I was, I was going up and down the aisles of the VHS store, you know, the rental store, you know, when I was younger and I was looking for, for something to rent. And it was actually a beautiful thing. I, I kind of wish I could actually still do that, but there are really none left. Um, you know, I do that on Netflix now, which is pretty much it. Right. But, you know, just going up and down, and basically they had to sell you on the movie. You know, they had to sell you on that cover. And that's what they did for better they don't have They don't have those rental stores up there anymore? I think there is a blockbuster um you know, probably about uh, you know five to ten minutes from me, but that's really you guys not. Even... Are, so you guys are way advanced. We're in Texas, like, like we still have all kinds of rental stores. Like all our VA, all our movie rental stores also are, have tanning beds in them. We don't have running water. Nice, nice. I brought a, I brought my horse over to Sean's house. <laughs> so we're a little behind because we're down way in the south. Yeah, yeah. I kind of figured that, you know, you guys are a little, you know, a little behind the times, but you know, yeah, I'm just glad you could, you knew what Skype was and even, you know, you I've mentioned never, Netflix. I've, actually, I've, actually, I really have never been on it. 
Sean does. Yeah. He likes going to. Man. I know you guys are there in the Wild West, and it's, uh, you know, it's all. Cowboys, Indians. Ah. You guys, I mean, are you tempted just in that area? And again, I'm I'm looking at it. I'm a northern Pennsylvanian looking at, at Texas very stereotypically. I mean, is it tempting to do like a western kind of thing at any point? I mean, that's... Not me. that's uh, Not for me. I hate people to do western. Cowboys scare Justin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cowboy killed his cat. There, there are a lot of people in Texas that do make westerns for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Well, there's I the zombie western thing. I mean, that's there's some zombie westerns out there. But, uh... Yeah. I'm trying to doing a version of Red Dawn against him. No, but that, but I totally like, actually, you know, Sean getting back to Sacrament. Um, I love the look that you're going for it's more of a um i think it's it's very texas but it's more like texas chainsaw massacre kind of look um rather it, it than has, kind of cowboy it, you know it has a little bit of a gritty feel to it and i think a lot of that i, I have just in the bank for um i i am really excited that, that justin's ready to be shooting this with us hmm. we had a cool location i was cool it was cool when we saw it now, the location that we shot at for the trailer basically turned out to be exactly what I wrote, um, and it worked out really well. The way the way it was lit was pretty cheap, but everybody really loved the way it looked. So, actually, like I, I had a meeting with some people to shoot their film, and uh, they'd written me, so I sent them examples and stuff, and they had it down between two DPs, and then they came and met me, and they were like, "We really love the way this scene and." The sacrament movie is lit. It's lit really cool, and wow. it was the it it was we really lucked out how how well it looked whenever we lit it because we didn't really it was like a we we're underground and there's a hole in the ceiling with sun coming in and we also took a light bulb and put it down there so like there's supposed to be a light in there and uh, it came out lit very perfectly for what we were doing. Yeah. Yeah. So we got lucky. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we lived that perfect. We did all this shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I, I loved it myself. I've uh, really dug everything that I've seen for Sacrament. And um, I can't wait to see when you do it properly, you know, the, the, the feature film. Um, yeah. I'm really excited for it. But uh, no, that's, uh, that's really exciting. And we're not going to see cowboys. We're not going to see cowboy hats, the 10-gallon hat things, six shooters. Uh, you'll, you'll probably see some cowboy hats. This is Texas. Um, yeah. We actually just opened up the casting for Sacrament, so we're, we're pushing forward. Nice. Oh, I'm glad to hear it, man. That's uh, that's really cool. So, um, Still looking for the cash, but uh, we've uh, been in talks with some people that will hopefully be some recognizable names that you know, their names will hopefully bring in some more of that cash that we need to get it going. Yeah. And I hope so. And I hope, uh, you know, people listening right now, you know, 
we'll, uh, you know, hopefully uh, help you out. Are, are you still doing the, um, you know, there's going to be some Kickstarter things going on right now. Um, Sean, is there a, like a, a current Kickstarter thing going on or is there a... Uh, we are about to start another Kickstarter, uh, or the first Kickstarter. Um, but uh, right now people can go to the site and it's just uh, centersfordinner.com. Sweet. Sweet. And, uh, you know, anything that uh, I can do to, uh, you know, get the word out there or, uh, you know, facilitate things for you guys, you know, let me know. And uh, I'd that be happy a to lot. So, yeah, yeah. I wish I could, uh, like, personally finance this thing. You know, I wish I was, like, independently wealthy and I could be like, Sean, make this movie. And you have carte blanche. I will gladly take your check. <laughs> I could, I, I'll gladly write you a check if you would like. But, uh, you know, whether or not that uh, clears. I will, I will gladly take a check that clears anytime. Mm. All right, well, expect my $5, you know, here at uh, any point in time. <laughs> you know, that's that's about all that will clear right now from uh, the old Midnight Cory account. But um, but no, it's, uh, it's so many great things, and I, I just really love uh, the indie horror scene right now. And I think, you know, Sean, Justin, Raphael, you guys are all uh, doing some great things that I'd love to see out there. And it's why I am still a horror fan and still believe in fun horror movies um, because uh, I don't see them out of Hollywood as much. Um, yeah. And it's, it's really, I don't go to the theater. And Sean, we've talked about this a lot, you know, and how Hollywood just kind of sucks and it's not a lot of fun anymore. But, um, you know, I'm just really happy that uh, this is still going on and that uh, you're still making films with budgets that aren't even there yet, you know, and aren't, you know, the money yeah. isn't even there. But uh, you yep. still have that dream, so it's awesome. Well, you know, once you've kind of started down that road, it's really hard to stop. Like Justin said, I mean, you have to get it out of your head, and the best way to do it is to get it on film. Right, right. And, I, I mean, it, it, it's funny. I wish you guys as much success as possible, but I really don't see you as, like, Hollywood types. You know, like like Sean and Justin, you know, as far as being filmmakers in, you know, the big machine that is Hollywood. I mean, I see you as being very, very cool filmmakers that aren't necessarily going to be Holly, Hollywood guys. You know what I mean? Justin would burn Hollywood down. <laughs> I'd say uh, all of, every, every system that you give me, uh, I'm ready to smash it. Hmm. <laughs> And I would thank you. I'd be the first to thank you for doing that. Um, We're trying to just break every rule we can in filmmaking, making uh, pause on this too. But like we want it to, to be very entertaining, but yet, you know, any rule that a film school would teach you, we would try to break that rule. And I think it came out good. You, you did. You <laughs> did. I, I, I know Justin pretty well, and I was even surprised at some of the things I saw. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, man, man, it's been great talking with you all tonight. Um, you know, I just... I, Thanks for having us on. Again, you know, Sean, I, you know, I, I say this whenever you and I talk because it, it's so much fun whenever we get on and just go off about this kind of thing. But, you know, I just kind of want to keep bringing things up to you guys and saying, what do you think about this? And let's talk about that. And I could go off on tangent upon tangent. But, man. Right. Oh, um you know, it's uh, it's 
a lot of fun. I really appreciate that uh, you guys would take your time talking with me tonight. And, and uh, you know, again, Sean, Right Left Turn Productions, fantastic. And uh, all your links are going to be up as far as, uh, you know, people finding out more about Sacrament and how they can support that. And, um, dude, let me know whenever the new Kickstarter comes up, and I'll, I'll link to it and tell people about it and, and uh, hopefully uh, get support for it. So Definitely. Awesome. Cool. Thanks awesome. for having us on here. Yeah, I want to like you on Facebook, too. Oh, I, I appreciate that. You know, just have a little old show here and uh, talk to uh, some really cool people like I have tonight. And, uh, Justin, um, it's been an honor um, just because I've – heard and read so much about you and of course sean has talked you up a lot and um i really enjoyed pot zombies and uh just knowing that there's pot zombies too out there that people are really enjoying and that eventually i'm gonna get to see here at some point i can't wait and uh really we'll to a festival up there pretty soon i hope so and uh check out the our promo thing on uh on youtube Pot, just type in Pod Zombies 2 teaser. Awesome. Awesome. More pot, less plot. And I love it. Yes. So, absolutely. Well, thank you again, man, for uh, hanging out tonight and talking with me about Thanks. A, lot of fun. a lot of random stuff. And I apologize for being very random and, and just going off. But uh, that's what you get, you know, for uh, coming thank on the show. So. <laughs> uh, and Raphael, dude, it's been great. I'm sorry I haven't been able to hear you very well at all. But, uh, you know, I certainly appreciate you, you know, hanging out with us and uh, offering. Not a problem at all. Oh, but uh, I hope that, uh, you know, hopefully we can uh, talk again and uh, we can, uh, you know, just hang out. I'll see you whenever we're up around Erie sometime. Yeah, Erie, Pennsylvania. I hope so. I hope so. And again, I am I'm very fluid as far as my area. So if you're in Cleveland, if you're in Pittsburgh or whatever. Let me know. Or I want any... to go to New York really bad. Oh. We'll look for some New York film festivals. Nice, nice. There are some good ones. And Jersey, too. Actually, New Jersey has some uh, some fantastic ones. It's a little more of a trek for me, but uh, if you guys are going to be there, then, uh, you know, I may go the uh, extra... I'll see you there. Yeah, the extra several hundred miles to, uh, to see you. So, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> but again, all the links for you guys will be up in my show notes, and uh, it's been a great time. And uh, everyone listening right now just has got to check you out. So thanks again, guys. And uh, let's do this again. Hey, what's the matter for you? You like the zombies? You like the mobsters? Then you're definitely going to like the zombie mob. It's got everything. Zombies, mobsters, zombies. It's got the family. And especially, it's a guy to the zombies. So put in your iTunes to the zombie mob. Order your browser to thezombiemob.blogspot.com. The zombie mob, it's an offer you cannot refuse. You like your chair? The Cosmic Damnation by Grant Holden Wagner. Old friend, it is my sincerest wish that you are enjoying what abysmal comfort may be found in these times, and so it is with deepest regret that I put your sanity at risk by writing this letter. The maddening events of the previous autumn continue to haunt the dreams of those souls burdened with the enslavement 
of being alive. It is only by some divine mercy, I suppose, that we remain in control of our dreams. For wholly unknown reasons, I am the only soul left untouched by the grotesque defilement of humanity that has been worsening since last autumn. These last few months I became convinced of my status as the last human on the planet, if only it were true, that I alone remain tortured by the ungodly events which banished our souls into damnation. If I ever manage to get this letter to you, it is possible you may not remember what has taken place, and that the contents within may lead you to consider me mad. I only pray my guidance may somehow lead you to a method of freeing humanity from this hellish purgatory. Truly, I am thankful that the struggle is nearly over for me, that soon I will no longer suffer the last memory of truth in solitude amongst the phantoms of those who were once men. The nature of the loathsome malady that befell our species would be entirely fascinating if it were not so malign. If you were still alive, old friend, I am sure that you would find it as fascinating as I do. With little else to occupy myself, I have long pondered the origins of our damnation. Could such an aberration be a natural phenomenon? Maybe the consequence of some unfathomable law of nature, evading our sight within the dark eons of time, perhaps recurring for cycles incalculable, responsible for the fate of the dinosaurs and those other doomed inhabitants of ancient Earth. Despite my initial reluctance, however, I find myself increasingly inclined to believe that our damnation lies far outside the governance of any natural laws, that surely the explanation is rooted in a machination of supernatural origin. Undoubtedly, some sort of grotesque blasphemy was thrust upon us from the depths of some hellish plain, a malicious, cosmic conspiracy designed by an inhuman intelligence of immense power, fueled only by malevolence, and governed by laws horrifically opposed to the concept of decency. Or perhaps, God finally abandoned us, and all that has happened is simply a result of the absence of his presence. To dwell further on such horrors would certainly cost me the little sanity I have left. I write to you only with the utmost sorrow, old friend, because your reading this means the safety of ignorance has been torn away, and you are now alone in facing the ghastly truth. It is easy to forget the paltry reasons for struggling, and often I wonder if my memories would better serve by dying in obscurity with the rest of the world. I long considered letting this cosmic farce march unimpeded, thinking it possible that our hell might simply burn out. Then, perhaps, after eons of healing, some semblance of wholesomeness could return. However, I shouldn't wonder about the future, and neither should you. All I can do is remember the past, and I am the only one left who can. That is reason enough to try. My friend, I fear I am simply unable to continue, and lamentably it must be you who finishes this ungodly task. What little strength I have left is spent bearing the guilt of forcing this task upon you, a burden too immense for mortal shoulders to carry. I dreamed of you brazenly entertaining the chaotic dance of truth in the orderly stronghold of your mind, watched you endanger the fragile fortress of ignorance called sanity, and by this portent I place my hope that you will discover some solution I have failed to divine, a method, perhaps, to cease this unending madness. Can you recall how the strangeness began? Try to remember the portents that trickled in through news reports in the media and condensed in the rumors and hearsay of daily gossip. Perhaps you didn't notice the stark contrast of dread in the atmosphere between the 8th and 9th of September, as very few seem to. 
How blissfully ignorant we kept ourselves in the early days, and so adept we became, that even while staring into the face of madness, we would deny its existence. For no stir was ever aroused over the countless reports of strange, inhuman tragedies around the world. Those few reporters, sensitive enough to catch obscure glimpses, were exceedingly vague in what little commentary they did make. Perhaps some infantile part of them futilely believed that, by ignoring the truth, they could delay the omnipotent dread from further perversion. Think back, my friend, to the 9th of September. Can you feel how thick and unpleasant the air was? How difficult it was to breathe? Try to recall the dreadful clouds that distorted the sky, those lumpy abominations, grotesquely alien in proportion, and colored with so indescribable a blackness that a rational mind could hardly call them clouds at all. Remember how they billowed forth ominously from the east, desecrating the sky with all the presence and regiment of a disciplined funeral procession. And that miserable sun, when it was to be glimpsed at all, appeared a withered husk, ravaged by time and mold. That abysmal sun, once so vibrant, who feebly cast one final, sorrowful gaze upon the earth. The last time I saw you alive was the day when food became tasteless and devoid of sustenance. You remarked that eating had become superfluous, and showed me reports of people stuffing themselves to the point of death, desperate to feel the pleasures of gluttony once more. It wasn't long before the feelings of hunger and thirst disappeared altogether, along with other desires of the flesh. You vanished soon after, so you may not recall when laughter went extinct, or when chatter grew hushed and forced, and all social interaction became a burdensome obligation, when close friends and family would visit each other only under a pall of intense loathing, as if they were acting out a kind of ritual deprived of camaraderie or enjoyment. Perhaps you escaped the potent feelings of anxious dread that corroded the hearts of every man, woman, and child, until finally, by some arcane method, all memories of the innocence prior to September 9th vanished forever, replaced by caricatures of illusory quality. The tattered visions of a world without damnation seemed only a grotesque nightmare, and with our memories toppled, the dreariness that began on September 9th overtook the world. By October... The curse had attached itself to nearly every facet of the world. All of humanity began to rot, and we helplessly watched our bodies decay while our souls remained trapped inside. Wallowing aimlessly, the ghoulish remnants of mankind despaired over their putrescence, and many were driven mad by the memories of pleasures they could no longer feel. Suicides were attempted frequently, but the soul would indignantly refuse to depart, as if death himself was reluctant to risk his sanity by getting close to such horror. It was in December that I first saw the damnation spread to the souls of human beings. By February, nearly everyone had been replaced by the damned. Those automatons with oily, nightmarish eyes of a most horrid black saturation— most disturbing was how the host bodies would rejuvenate under the stewardship of that loathsome evil, regaining the appearance of vitality and youth. The world became a grotesque stage, a playground for demonic parasites to try on human bodies like an actor would put on a costume, so they could parody the activities of human life in an obscene masquerade. Their presence was tremendously unnerving, and close proximity would send chills to the very depths of my core. Curiously, they never tried to harm me. Perhaps they assumed it was only a matter of time before I became one of their playthings, but I never did. 
My body is now an abhorrent conglomeration of fungal putrescence, but my soul remains my own. I do not know why I am immune, or how the corruption spreads, but it appears that immunity was the only reliable safeguard, and only I was given it. By the beginning of summer, I had not encountered another human soul in three months. Yes, old friend, even you, bright and inquisitive as you once were, are now like all the rest, a shadow, imprisoned by an entity of unfathomable evil. How much simpler it would be if only all traces of my fellow humanity were truly gone. I could at last accept the fate that befell the world, take my rest in solitude, and live my days pleading with death to relieve me. But alas, it is there. Oh, ghastly recognition exists, brief and fitful as it might be, in dreams. Our dreams have remained untouched, though I fear this last vestige of our humanity will be corrupted in time. For while those demons drudge about their ungodly errands, within them lie the dreaming souls of those they have imprisoned. Awake, I am alone in a world of monsters, but in sleep I travel hand in hand with the souls of my fellow man, journey with them through the decaying abyss of dreams, that dimension littered with the broken memories of our forsaken species. For a brief time, humanity is liberated from the clutches of an insidious madness, and as one, we traverse the merciless epiphany of our dreams. Friend, I would not blame you if you come to doubt my assertions. For I often question the horrific implication that somewhere within those abominations are human souls. If your dreams do not convince you, wait until the late hours of the night, when those devilish golems finally cease their abominable labors. Wait until the damned, whose unblinking eyes stare eternally, even in sleep, journey home to their cold chambers. Wait until the foundations of their psyche soften and erode, and within the vestigial eyes of that cosmic horror, the traces of a poor soul can be seen, helpless and trapped. For when the demon sleeps, the dreaming soul inside briefly awakens. The loathsome blackness recedes from the socket, and human eyes surface once more, brimming with an indescribable agony. In those eyes you will see the truth, my friend. You will observe their suffering, the wisps of old memories rising, the shudders of dormant thought reawakening, and the pains of stretching the mental muscle after months of atrophy. You will observe a brief relief, as the soul is bombarded once again with powerful sensations, lost memories of their past, felt with all the intensity of the present moment, and they bathe gratefully in the powerful warmth of conscious freedom that has returned to them. You will observe their confusion, how quickly the feelings of relief disappear, and anger and despair build within them. Watch how uncontrollably their thoughts buzz, vibrating fruitlessly to create only unintelligible ruckus. Watch the confused mind race faster and faster until this mental frenzy embodies only the desperate and frantic desire to escape. Watch the desperation climb until you become certain that this soul will surely climax into insanity when suddenly, behold, their desecrated eyes betray a serene awareness of the past, and you will grieve with them as the resemblance of what was lost brings tears they have long forgotten how to cry. For a brief moment, freedom encompasses these poor souls, until the remaining hope within them cries out in despair. This hope I have seen silenced countless times, unflinchingly, by that aberrant blackness that returns inevitably in conquest. 
forever etched in my brain is the grotesque visage of that horrid phantasm, greedily devouring its prisoners' echoed whispers of desperate pleading. I wonder if the blasphemous parasite is aware that its host can escape its clutches while it sleeps, or perhaps, in its sinister ambitions, it allows the agonizing epiphany to further torture the poor soul before cruelly locking them away once more in the sanitarium of the unconscious. My friend, you see why I have no choice but to burden you with this responsibility. This hellish mockery of existence cannot continue, and where I failed, only you can succeed. I believe it is possible to free you. However, I will have only one opportunity to test this method, and the slightest blunder could result in the eternal suffering of us both. For while I dream, I often feel the gaze of the abysmal aberrant, sense its ungodly ambitions reaching out for me. Tonight, I will locate your spirit within the dream, old friend. I will lure the phantasm that plagues you out of the confines of your psyche, invite its horror into my own, and perhaps at last you will be released from its unearthly machinations. I will occupy your place in hell, my friend, so that you may suffer mine. Truthfully, I don't know which of us is more damned. Every hunter has rules. Kill the fresh ones first. Their muscle tissue is still intact. They're still capable of running and lunging. Then pick the rotting ones off one by one. What if you are outnumbered? Numbers don't matter if you stay in an open field. Most zombies are slow. You can outrun them. That is why you never go inside. A zombie will always outlast you and get you when you try and escape. Never go inside. Hey, that wraps up another show. Thank you all for listening. I sincerely appreciate it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Thank you to Sean Ewart, to Justin Powers, and to Rafael Santiago for being just awesome guys and talking with me and, uh, man, just uh, having a great time. So check out Right Left Turn Productions. Also, I'll put up links for Justin and Raphael as well. But, uh, man, man, yeah, thank you to those guys. Um, hopefully we'll do it again. Hopefully. Uh, what else? Thank you to uh, Burial Day Books and Grant Holden Wagner for that awesome story on Tales from the Electric Chair this week. And that was Cosmic Damnation. And the link will be up to uh, the Burial Day Books uh, page where you can actually read that again if you want to uh, go through it. It's uh, really, really cool. That was uh, very well written. Like I said, very Lovecraftian, man. And it was it was just really, really great. Um, so, yeah, we'll be having more next week. You know, Halloween is coming up uh, here in a few days. Yeah, yeah, it's that really, really fun day of the year that I look forward to. And uh, so uh, I just wish everybody out there a happy Halloween if I don't talk with you guys again uh, before then. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, have some fun. Be safe. Dress up, you know, like weird things. Um, so that's it. Uh, of course, Midnight Corey is my personal website, but the website for this show is Electric Chair Show. Dot com. You can contact me. You can leave me feedback. Uh, my feedback voicemail line is 206-337-5096. So if you feel like calling, then go for it. Um, it's not a huge popular thing on this show, I found. And that's just fine. Because I know you're listening out there. But, um, you know, people don't call in. So that's cool. That's cool. Whatever. You know, not going to hurt my feelings. But if you do want to call and discuss some things, I will play it on the show. And I will talk with you. 
Um, and uh, there's other ways that you can leave feedback. You can either like write me a message, email me at Corey at MidnightCorey.com, uh, go to the contact page on the website and uh, enter me a little message there. You can even send me like an MP3 or something of uh, you leaving feedback or whatever, and uh, you can either send that right there on the contact page of the site or email it to me. Hey, whatever, whatever. I'm high tech. I know how to use my computer and stuff really well. So, uh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> oh, it's been a great week. Thank you, guys. I'll be back again next week with more excitement. And, uh, I don't know, have a happy Halloween. Halloween.